you love And of course a couple of years ago Four little girls were killed In Alabama And at that time we got the inspiration to do this song But Dr. King's murder has left me so numb I don't know where I'm at, really And of course you heard this song That was composed by Gene Taylor Especially for today Between now and the end of the year, it'll all be together enough that we will have songs that go down in history for these wonderful, brave people who are no longer with us. Alabama's gotten me so upset. Tennessee made me lose my rest Everybody knows about me Mississippi Garden Alabama's got me so upset Lurleen Wallace has made me lose my rest Everybody knows the blue shirt. Have you ever heard of this book? No? So it's uh, I don't know. the reason why I think that was such a good um, Huh? Can you hear me all right? Okay. Can you not hear me? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Oh, okay. Hey, hey. No, the reason why I'm glad that you picked the live version was that story that she was talking about goes pretty perfectly. Which yeah. One? The the shoot so the beginning of Mississippi, goddamn the live version. Mm-hmm. She's saying, you know, I can barely handle the news about Mr. King's death and I hope yeah. one day we're singing praises about the good people that did good work that died you know and the book we're doing today hope in the dark is story after story after story of like that tiny movement that seemingly could not change anything yeah until you look at the big picture and go okay you know women can vote yes (laughs) it's good you know, we're all allowed to hang out in a room together, Yay! <laughs> even though we're not. That's sure. true. Yeah, yeah. It's like big shifts, you know, if you look at it in a certain context, which is what she's brilliant at doing, you know. So welcome, everyone, yeah. to Reads and Weeds. Oh. And thank you so much, Chris, with the blue shirt, sound guy, for helping out. For you guys that listen, this is Todd, who we're always talking about. Had heat exhaustion. He's in the hospital. So he it's lost been power. Hot out there. Yeah, there was some people lost power. Yeah, oh, James. Oh, really? Where do you work? Oh, good God. Yes, yeah, so does she. Yeah, Claire I does did too. Not work Claire's been weeding for the last couple of days in the mm-hmm. freaking heat. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, Chris on the phone. I'm so glad you're here. How are those newly painted bathrooms doing? <laughs> Um, those painted bathrooms are rented, so oh. yeah. all is good. Way to go. Way to, yeah. way to be a real estate hustler, girl. 
I tell you what. <laughs> good job. Yeah, cleaning bathroom tiresome. <laughs> um, okay, so hope in the dark. Um, you guys, quick announcement. Next month, do you know what is significant? Why is it significant? Uh, it will September be our year 11th. anniversary. Happy oh, anniversary. Happy I anniversary. I thought you were talking about Happy in the book. I'm like, there are lots of significant dates in September. <laughs> right. I know. I was like, what are you talking that's about? That's what I was expecting you to say. Is our oh, year yes. Anniversary. That's true. Isn't that crazy? That is so awesome. My first yeah. one was, I think my first one was maybe Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, because we read uh, the... the yes, and I... Freaking love that yeah. short story. I think yeah. about that short story all the time. So weird, isn't it? Yeah. What was it? A good man is hard to find. Remember? By Flannery oh, yeah, yeah. O'Connor. O'Connor. We talked a lot about that name. Yeah. Yeah. Marty's yeah. question. I'm was, glad that's is that recorded girl? somewhere. She, yeah, yeah. It was a good question. <laughs> it was a good question. So we're here today. This is Shelly Smith. And we're here with Claire Forrester. Hello. And Shannon. Hey. And uh, last, uh, our last episode was Shannon talking about her book. Yeah, thank you for that, Shelly. You were so great. It was cool. And the last time Claire did the show, we actually, um, no, that was the time before. We read poetry to each other at dinner after. Oh, I miss. Oh, we did. Yes. 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 It was wonderful. And I also just love that book. That yeah. we read that I was for the last one. I was the little oh, man. Yeah. I was like, I've been thinking about that too. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, remember the poem I sent yeah. you that Claire wrote that? Oh, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Awesome. Yeah. Lovely. Loved it. It was like her toast at the wedding. I shared it. It was in the just, ceremony. Just one person. Yeah. It was in the, the ceremony. During oh, the my ceremony. God, it was great. Yeah. It was beautiful. So, okay, so today we're talking about Hope in the Dark, Untold Histories, Wild Possibilities by Rebecca Solnit. And I chose this book because I'd heard about it in such different circles. I'd heard about it at church, and I'd heard about it, um, like I'd heard about it in church kind of in reference to a book that empowers people who are trying to get LGBTQ rights, and they need sort of an anchor, so I've heard about it in that way, in a social justice through alternative church way. And I've also heard about it through the cannabis industry. So because that oh, cool. is another kind of um, movement where it seems like nothing is happening and suddenly it seems like everything is different, you know. So, yeah. Chris, can you still hear us over there? Um, it's a little patchy, like you're kind of breaking in and out. Oh, okay. And you're really far away. I so what do we do? kind of loud. Oh. Yeah. So it's, I can barely hear. So does anybody want to take, should we just keep going, Chris? Okay. So yeah, does anybody want to take yeah. a pass at like, you've got a lot of notes going on over here, Michelle. <laughs> I at like, like notes. At like the, like the overarching notes. theme or like, you know, your yeah. first so pass. My, my uh, interpretation of the overarching theme was, you know, don't give up, which <laughs> if I'm going to just say it in a sentence. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just really helpful. Uh, this idea of you don't know what the world could have been like if you hadn't tried, if you hadn't done this. And, you know, when you it, everything seems so small and so broken. But when you look back, that's when you can see that there has been progress, that thing has been made. So, uh, you know. 
Really hopeful. I do have notes. Uh, I'll go into them more like as we go along. But if I'm just giving kind of a general feel, that's mm-hmm. that's how it is. Yes. Yeah. I like okay. notes. Yeah. How about you, Claire? Um. Well, so this is a new uh, publishing, right? This is a new a third edition with yeah. the new forward and afterwards. So it was originally published in 2009. Um, or is that the second? I don't know if it says. First published in 2004 and then republished in 2016. Mm-hmm. So, and there was a 2009 yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah, maybe the second publishing was in 2009. At any rate. Um, hey, Chris on the phone. Uh, I think he turned yeah. you down because you're making a ruckus over there. Are you <laughs> making a ruckus? Are you, are you making around? Quote, are you making one of those quote or a salad cocktails? <laughs> are you using no. a shaker? <laughs> making, no. Okay. You just just are you sitting on top of a pile of newspapers, bushwhacking through the forest? <laughs> Some days I like Slowly to sit on a pile of newspapers. One page at a time. Yeah. yeah. Are you sitting on like a <laughs> sticky car seat, just peeling your butt off? Oh. Oh, no. No. When I'm feeling no, overstimulated. I'm trying to put away these groceries. Oh, you're putting away groceries. Okay. There's so crinkling of some sort happening. We're okay. We're going to treat it as ASMR and just be fired up about <laughs> it. I'm going to keep this. Um, this Is that right? Is it ASMR? Or yeah. ASMR? Okay. Right. Okay. Sorry, Claire. <laughs> Carry on. Um... What was I, I don't saying? Know. <laughs> First published in 2009. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. I was thinking about like, okay, when this was pop, what, like, what specific audience was she writing this for yeah. then? And what is the audience that she was rewriting it for in 2016? And what does it mean for us reading it right now in 2019? Because I think that like each of those readings, it, it adds this like whole crazy other context. Like yeah. reading it as if she were writing it for now, but not mentioning Trump at all. At all. Right. It, you, it feels yeah. insane. And you're like, oh, wait, she's talking about Bush. Like that yes. fucking shit happened 50 years ago. Yeah. Like, you know? And isn't it like, funny oh. when you're just like, oh, yeah, we thought that was so bad. Then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I remember Enron and just being like, you gotta be kidding these motherfuckers doing all this shit. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. learning, learning. Yeah. about those things that happened then and um yeah so uh it was it reminded me of like the connectivity of all the past 20 years right i mean yeah is what she's talking about okay so she's she's essentially talking about the millennial arriving and not just in the the years but in what we like a paradigm shift of what we consider to be the millennium you know global politics as they are now etc etc and she kind of has this argument that it starts in 1989 that and then and then has these series of events that happen and then discusses um the activism around them or that they were events of um protest or revolution or something like that um and as a way then, as you said, Shelley, of reframing the context at these various times um, to say, like, it, it's really easy to feel despair and to feel oh, yeah. depressed and to feel like nothing matters and feel like nothing you do matters. But that's, you know, look at what we did do. Uh-huh. I mean, it's. It, it, because it's so constant, the constant bombardment of shit and and yeah. 
terribleness what i you know i don't even the the abyss of it all yeah um that it's easy to forget these little things that you know obviously actually have had large impacts global impacts is what she's saying so yeah yeah absolutely chris chris on the chris on the phone chris on the phone chris on the phone um on the p i mean you guys pretty much covered it i oh no now i have an echo oh i can't hear it oh Oh, okay. It's only uh, that was awful. <laughs> I don't want to hear my voice in my ear. That's Ew. terrible. Yeah. Um, it's so, myself in so I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, I mean, it's kind of ironic because I, I just came out of having like this horrible, like five day migraine situation oh, and no. I wasn't feeling a lot of hope. <laughs> feeling really frustrated and just as a human being just like what the fuck are we doing this for and um just really confusing about when you have like serious health things happen it's Mm -hmm. like what is going on but then I'm like reading this book and I'm like oh my god like this person wrote this entire book to try to help give readers a perspective on how you know the average human being influences history mm-hmm. um and i really liked that and i really liked um it's surprising because i wasn't in the mood for it i was kind of like oh my god like seriously i'm going to seriously write read about a book about having hope in politics or political influence mm-hmm. but the more i read because i know she's a great writer um and so mm-hmm. i just kind of kept kept at it and the more i read the more i liked um I, I thought it was really interesting um, how, you know, I guess for me the big takeaway was her saying, you know, we rarely do all of the groups of activists come together in one place and go look at everything we accomplished. Yeah. Instead, it's happening in these little tiny pockets all over the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you only hear like a 30-second blip about it maybe on the news if you hear about it at all, depending on what news you're watching. Yeah. And, um yeah, I really like that. Um, mm-hmm. And that did actually create a feeling of authentic hope. So, that away. <laughs> yeah, I know. Gotcha. I know right? <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. Um, I know. I was thinking about um, this night at uh, when the elections were like this time last year. Yeah. Do you remember this? Like everybody was campaigning. I remember yeah. it was in the 4th of July parade. All these things with the cannabis industry were at stake. Mm-hmm. And election day happens. We're all watching the results come in at home. And it's late and everybody's, you know, oh, good. Gretchen Whitmer won. That's good. Oh, good. Dana Nessel won. That's good. <laughs> and we had this champagne because we were everybody had campaigned and gone to the Democratic National Convention and mm-hmm. phone banked and gone door to door and... And uh, it's like, do you guys want to pop that champagne? It's like, nah, we got a big day tomorrow. <laughs> you know, oh, like no. everybody's tired. Yeah. yeah. Like we, they're yeah. at it every day. Oh. You know, I mean, every day is a city council meeting. Every day is a march. Every day is a, yeah. you know, trying to get somebody out of jail. Everybody's mm-hmm. trying not to get raped. Yeah. You know, yeah. every day. So it's like, nah, I don't really want to party. I got to get... <laughs> <laughs> get some sleep because we got to go drive to Lansing tomorrow. Whatever you know, yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah. 
Uh-huh. It's not a glory thing. No. It's not a glory thing. No, it's tedious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, so just to put this in perspective, Rebecca Solnit is a historian, a writer, an activist, she um, she's the author of 18 books about civil society, popular power, uprisings, art, environment, place, pleasure, politics, hope, and memory. Wow. So the thing about yeah. the way she writes is she's able to – there's so much history of activism in this book. It's movements I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Your own. You're just like, what? You're yeah. Like you're being able to hold literally like – things from the whole world mm-hmm. yeah. together and to be able to you know mm-hmm. see and 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 write about all those connections it's mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. it's like she's a and and the thing is is not in here it doesn't really say write a historian actress like she's not a journalist i don't think is she no she's oh. a sociologist no, no. she's i think that's what but her knowledge feels like mm-hmm. a journalist, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she's there. She's, like she, well, she's a she's a renowned nonfiction writer. So so she she'll write pieces and they'll be published in magazines and newspapers and all that. But she she her in the nonfiction and fiction world, she is like a nonfiction writer guru because she manages to write essays that turn into books mm-hmm. or articles that turn into essays. Um, yeah. yeah, she's, yeah, she's like, she, she weaves the personal into the, into fact and a storyline. Like she's, oh, she she's does. a brilliant nonfiction writer. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just realized it's that's amazing. what's so good about this mm-hmm. is yeah. the kind of, it's historical, but it's personal. Right. She's yeah. talking personal. to individual people and mm-hmm. who either are activists or are writers, but she's also, you know, uh, citing famous, you know, mm-hmm. politicians or or well, sociologists yeah. of the past, theor- you know, s- philosophers, things mm-hmm. like that. Well, mm-hmm. like in Chapter 16, and literature, she's like, as and the literature. legendary Ohio farm worker organizer, Baldemar Vell. Vasquez, oh, I can't pronounce words. But, you know, where they talk about he he went and he uh, went to a Toledo religious school and got them to fast at lunchtime so that they could help this family. And so, like, yeah, he always talks about this, or she always talks about this individual person. And so here's the movement, and here's an individual person and what they did in that movement. And that's, then you have someone to root for, which is what we know helps. Yes. Yes. Hey, Shannon took good notes. She's got <laughs> things like printed out in, in like pr- font so small I can't even. Well, it doesn't even look like printing. Printing is hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was what I would did. What I did was I like listened to the book and then I I also borrowed the book, the ebook. And so I'd listen until I heard a point that like really spoke to me. And then mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I need that. And so then I take a screenshot of the ebook page oh. and then I'd print it. <laughs> Wow, what a good brilliant! Yeah, time to time to game the system, you guys. (laughs) A for effort (laughs) for Shannon. Um, So the the thing to know if you're thinking about reading this is it's it's it starts off. Yet we know in reaction to this Bush era, she's framing to that audience. 
And if you're listening to this perchance in 2019 or 2020 or whenever you happen to listen to this. Or 3019. Yeah. In the yeah. future. When there's another future, yeah, time like then this. Of this was really worth it. Yes. <laughs> it was because it gave me a lot of hope mm-hmm. when I just thought, how did we get here? How can, mm-hmm. how can the majority of people who went to vote be so ridiculous that this well actually it wasn't the majority <laughs> but yes um, oh my gosh which right. makes it even worse exactly um, holy crap but yeah. but how how could we be under this era and then when you see oh this has happened again and again and yeah. again and somehow we've always managed to pull ourselves out and in right. many ways find ourselves ahead right you think okay all right yeah so we'll get past this and we'll make something good out of it right. somehow right and will she she um, is talking about the Bush era and weapons of mass destruction and things that, like, you don't even hear about in the news anymore. Yeah. They were all consuming. And I remember having this roommate, my friend Adam at the time, and he hated Bush so much. And he just ranted all the time. And I would, I was trying to tell him, like, he's not making your life miserable, you know, like you are kind of a miserable guy. You stay inside all day, you know, you're behind on your bills. You right. like, need to take a shower and get some fresh air, dude. You need to. I remember. Do you I remember, remember this? this. Yes. And I was like, and he was just ranting about, and I'm like, I, I mean, anybody that sits around and doesn't take care of themselves and listens to bad news all day is going to kind of have a shitty life. Like yeah. it's not his fault. He's just doing his job and you disagree with the job he's doing. Yeah. I, I understand that it's making you feel bad, but I was, I also understand like he's not directly causing your problems, you know, like, well, yeah. And, and so, and then I haven't felt, I realized a couple of weeks ago, I went on this work trip and didn't um, listen to the news for three or four days yeah. and was in some, I had to go in a Best Buy and get, my iPad had just frozen and we're on this work trip. I'm on working with Kia mm. in Kansas, right? And I go, Ugh, I'm so tired of seeing this Mueller. It was when Mueller was being grilled by the committee. Mm-hmm. And Kia's like, Who's who's that? What are you talking about? I said, The Mueller <laughs> the Mueller investigation. She goes, I don't know. How do you spell it? What is it? What is it about? <gasps> wow. I'm like, the Mueller report, the Russia collusion. She goes, Ah, oh, I don't know. But she's one of these people that has three kids under the age of six, and she works yeah. all the time. Yeah. She runs a company. She travels all the time. And she's kind of like, I don't know about that. And I thought, like, oh, wow. Not only is there the uh, – it depends on what you're focused on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're focused totally. on – You know? And the thing totally. is, is she's but- having an impact in a completely different way in life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and her, sh- her activities are not like what struck me part in part about the book was that activist activities are activist activities, like their priority. It's who they are. It's their job. It's their work. Yeah. Um, and how the rest of us, somebody who's got three kids under six or whatever, um, you know, or has health issues or people, the millions of people who even if they could make an impact, are so swamped yeah. by daily life that mm-hmm. they just try to do the typical things like vote. Yeah. And be nice to people. Try to pick the, <laughs> be nice to people, pick the best candidate. And, yeah. it, and so, you know, it really, it really struck me in this book that 
Um, I really felt like, I don't know how old she is. Um, I think she was born in the 70s, the writer. Mm -hmm. But I really felt like um, just her talking about 1989 and 1999 and um, the, the Berlin Wall and all of oh that. Oh, my God, um, I remember that day. I... I was like, yeah, you know, this this is our like our generation's yes. life. Like, I life. I registered yeah. with so many of the events and so many of the titles from the news because we watched them growing up. Yes. Um, and so I really felt like she was speaking to that level. But I would say one thing that has changed mm-hmm. is that activism has. I love that point in the book that activism has changed in this lifetime. Um, and then she cited like Black Lives Matter. She cited um, yeah. several examples in South America um, where people have sort of taken the lessons of activism in the 60s mm-hmm. and from around the world and gotten much, much better at it. Gotten better at it. Yeah. 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 And so um, it did make me feel like even though I'm not necessarily marching or doing something specific today mm-hmm. i definitely feel like um because of the way it's changed me the ordinary person who's too busy will get i will get information about a march and yep. i could go participate i don't know like there's yeah, something yeah, yeah. just about being 47 and reading this book and all of these news stories and accounts that we've absorbed over the years mm-hmm. and then to be reading um you know the act of activism itself has changed so much for the for the good yeah um, yeah well something that I thought was really beautiful was even that idea of uh in chapter 12 she said um which is on <laughs> taking a picture of my notes on the indirectness yeah. of direct action uh, nobody can know the full consequences of their action, and history is full of small acts that change the world in surprising ways. And in this, they were ta- she was talking about the anti-nuclear movement and how uh, activists in the United States were barely making the news, but um, right. across the world, uh, a poet had had taken um, notice and had written this poem, or uh, written this uh, manifesto for the Soviet Union, for the test site. Um, I know I'm only saying like partial words here because I'm excited. <laughs> You're doing great. No, 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 You're doing great. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, and so this whole idea that like even even if you don't think you're making a noise where you're at that doesn't mean that you haven't made an impact somewhere Mm -hmm. and i think that's a beautiful thing and in our age of technology which is again something that's kind of Mm -hmm. new and different from activists in the 60s uh we can make noise even if the water's quiet where we're at Mm -hmm. well i think one of the other like really important arguments that she makes is that she's talking about um how like this is kind of where the real sociology thing comes in is that what she's not, she's talking about activism but she's also talking about like how these ideas just trickle down and how societies change right oh yeah so yeah. so yeah. what that means yeah. for people who aren't necessarily activists and this is how I think she would ca- say this is that um you know, there are more outlets for participating in anti-capitalist activities, right? Or, yeah. uh, right. Um, you know, uh, f- growing your own food at home 
um, or about oh, right, community right. stuff, right? So, yeah. so what right. are the day everyday anti-capitalist activities that you can be participating in that essentially, you know, I mean, because that's really where where the everyday the everyday is where revolution True. has to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. end up. Like we have to end up living our everyday lives different. Otherwise there was no revolution. If nothing changes day to day, then nothing yeah. changed yeah. at all. You know? Oh, so. Hey. And then that's how you can see that everything that, yeah, that there have been changes because people don't speak. They don't say the same things to each other right. now Mm-mm. that were said, Mm-mm. you know, like, and one of the, one of the easy ways to see that is when you see television from even like, I don't know, television from the eighties or, you know, you look Scary. at Mad Men that's supposed to be taking place in yeah. the fifties and you see how people are treating each other. You're like, Oh, we don't, we don't quite do that anymore. So that's, that's, that's good. That's not progress. quite. Not quite. <laughs> not quite. Well, I say not, not quite, quite because, uh, you know. Right. Yeah, because, you know, you know what I was Trump's was president is, so. is the um, it's very simple kind of, but I think of it as activism. And it's there's a way now that was never there before for people to go, I'm weird and different. Are you yes! weird and different, too? And somebody yes. goes, yes, I'm weird and different, too. Or I'm yeah. sad. Are you sad, too? Yes, I'm sad, too. Yes. Because before... Like the activism of like if you were the black sheep in your family, mm-hmm. that was it. Yep, there was no. So yes, that to true. me is kind of revolutionary. The sort of like shit. Think about Chris um, on the phone. Imagine <laughs> this. <laughs> Imagine this in you know the eighties, nineties. You know, just kind of being able to go. Where's my huge weird tribe in the world? And just finding them immediately. Oh my God. What that would have done. And somebody had to. What would that have done to my life? Yes, yes. And somebody (laughs) had to think of the need for that. You know? It may have started off as an ego thing, it may have started off as a way to rate women, but somebody took. Because I think that's what Facebook was, right? Just like guys checking out checks, right? (laughs) And then, but I think about now how. Activists harness whatever is there. It used to be leaflets. Sometimes it was walking around shouting in the streets. You know, it's writing a manifesto and handing it out or whatever. And now it's hashtag. social media hashtags, yeah. like whatever is available. And, the, and even like I think about women. Gen- generally, I'm sure we can all relate to this idea of your Facebook or your Instagram page being like, Women saying, I want to feel better about myself. And everybody's saying, I love you. You look good. Yeah. You're beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody's saying, like, here's what I need. And everybody's saying, you're this. You got this. You're awesome. Yeah. You know, you look good. Right. And it's, and it's pretty much brand new. And what used to be happening, I think, was... Although that's not always what's happening on social media. Right. I mean. No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is exactly. the way that it's being harnessed for activism. Yeah. For activism. In and certain subtle, yeah. And a subtle thing, I think, a very subtle, interesting thing, is like if you think about women not even being allowed to talk at all. Yeah. Know? Or be a preacher or drive or you know yeah. what i mean or yeah. own land or Travel. whatever or that idea of like, yeah if you were in just access be, research yeah. As, access, <laughs> access research. information Knowledge. yes yes yeah, anything yeah. It's so, or that idea yeah. of like um oh i don't think it was in this book but there was one of uh 
you know, at one point I wanted to get a credit card, but I couldn't because the, not me, but this person yeah. in a book couldn't get a credit card because yeah. her, her um, funding or, you know, she was tied to her husband. And so the credit card would have yeah. had to be in his name. Mm -hmm. And you just think like, absolutely. If a woman wants to get a divorce and she doesn't even have her own line of credit, how would that work? Well, I guess you're going to stay in this marriage. And yeah. so even this yeah. idea of, no, you can have your own line of credit now. Yeah. Just beautiful. I got a lot of credit. Yeah. 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 What a gift that is. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I know. Thanks, Laura. Yeah. I mean, my, my mom had that when my mom was first married to my dad. Like, it was it was his account. It yeah. Was, I don't think she got her own bank account until she was got up. I remember it. I kind of remember it. So I was probably near wow. 10 or something. I don't know. What's funny about this? It wasn't that this? long ago. What's 40 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's Shit. funny about this is I remember when I, the first, like, serious relationship I was ever in where it looked like maybe we would get married. Mm -hmm. I remember my mom saying, just keep your own bank account. And I was like, what the fuck? I would never, sh like, share all my money with someone. <laughs> so it was, like, it's a totally a different yeah. mindset. Just like, what? Like, yeah, like yeah. Why would are you, you kidding? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Stop fucking talking, touching my shit. Yeah. Well, exactly. and I remember my grandmother exactly. saying things like, make sure you get your education. Don't, before you yeah. ever get married, make sure you get your education. And then you just hear these messages from a past generation or a few mm -hmm. past generations of, Please don't be me. Right. Yeah. And there's so like this, yeah. there's this like anxiety in, in that too. Like, yeah. And this and generation, this generation's and... lesson will be like, you're going to think it's cool to send a bunch of naked pictures <laughs> to this guy. <laughs> don't do trust it. me. That shit's going to go everywhere. Yeah. Not even Snapchat. Don't, those don't. Young yeah. girls, those young girls, I mean, they, that's their currency. They don't have a memory. And that's one of the things I love so much about the book was yeah. like, because she's so close in our age, yeah. um, just from judging from the things that she said, it was like, oh my God, like we can remember, but any per actual millennial mm -hmm. reading that, that book is going to be like, what are all these things? What happened? Well, right, right. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I think that like yeah. one thing to remember though, like millennials are, I am a millennial and I am 32. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they're, right, right. We are old, like the young kids right now are not millennials. Yeah. Gen Wires. Oh, what are they yeah. called? Gen Z. What are they? Gen yeah. Z. I think yeah. it's Gen Z. Gen so Z like John. those are my yeah. those are like my nieces, nieces and nephews. Nephews. Nephews and nephews. Nephews and nephews. But it's funny because so whatever they are, my yeah. oldest niece, my mm -hmm. oldest niece. um is i remember like we were in high school together she was mm -hmm. a freshman and i was a senior and i remember being like and particularly then when i was in college mm -hmm. too i remember feeling really out of touch with what like i had no cultural references shared cultural references with her at, oh, that, at wow. that time and it was really strange because there yeah. was obviously yeah. a time when we were really close and certainly mm -hmm. we are like into different things for sure yeah. Um, but that was really strange to me. But really, that's kind of the cutoff because she was born in 1990. So she's kind of ah. on the cusp, like, you know, is a millennial, but is also yeah. an old Gen Zer, you know, yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. I, a four years older mm -hmm. am like because i had a lot of older siblings and yeah, all my yeah. cousins i was the youngest of all my cousins yeah. mm -hmm. so i was 
culturally had shared a lot of cultural references with Generation X, mm-hmm. but technically I'm millennial. But I feel like an older. I mean, and I am an older yeah. millennial. So it's yeah, it's it's weird. There's no distinct lines or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. Well, it reminds me that the whatever generation you're in has a battle. Like, yes. which is that is hopeful for me because it reminds me like there's the the arc is um is it a Martin Luther King quote the arc of the universe is long and bends towards yes. justice is that it it's something like that mm. and towards I th- justice. yeah it bends towards justice and i think about you know we're not having to fight you, you know there's not people having to fight for we're still fighting for equal pay you know yeah. but we're we have we're able to work you yes. know it's like and we don't we don't have to fight so much, you know what I mean? Big, big things for yeah. lately. Big, big things. And like, I feel like in this era, I can feel it. And yeah. it might just be where I am in my life, but I know that always there's been people out there fighting, but in my last 10 years, I can feel it. It's in my... Yeah, opinion. I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel it. It's like, yeah. oh, Well, have you heard you know? about this march that's coming up on September? There's going to be marches all over the place. Big marches. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. And what is it for? Like, it's like a general march, like We the People March. Like, just getting some steps in. (laughs) No, like, march on DC. March on DC. I mean, I think it's going to be like, Fuck, fuck all this shit. Like, fuck are y'all doing? That's what my sign is. I know. I'm just going to say, like, fuck my sign. global, but right. it's going to be a giant man. I know, I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be national. Like, the one of the podcasts I listen to. Oh. Uh, called Fuck? <laughs> no, it's, it's an astrology podcast, actually. So oh, it's definitely wow. got a really wide audience. Well, but, you know. Um, it's but activist audience, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Activists are... Really well, sure. As we know. Well, sure. We're a little on the woo-woo side sure, sometimes. Sure. Yeah, of course. That's because it takes someone to say the world can be different. Yeah. The well, and, can be yeah. Different and I think to right be now. in touch with the world, too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and other people and mm-hmm. nature and kind of like... Yeah, to and be to anti-capitalist, you really have to be like, not feel like money is great, you know? Right, and, right. And, and I think that's well, a hard I, turn for I, That's why I like the Zapatistas section. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Talk oh about my that. God. Reference it. Do I you was have like, it? Notes? I grew up listening to all the shit about the Zapatistas. I mean, in my memory, it's like this scary, negative thing. But um, yeah. looking back on it, like I was, I think I was... I don't know when Seattle happened, but how, like, how she connected those two yes. things, which I oh. believe she did. Yeah. Um, she's connected all yeah. Oh, because the World Trade, the NAFTA agreement happened the same day that Zappa Jesus came out, which I'm like, oh my God, like, this I group of that. people yeah. in Mexico were, had their fingers on the pulse of this trade organization and were like, yeah, enough is enough. Like, this yeah. is ridiculous. We need to be thinking about human beings. Can anybody and uh, it was amazing. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody can find because it was it was social. It was like the social reforms and the. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more details than she put in the book, but um, her her kind of 
but you can picture this. You can picture this. They, 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 they're farmers that know each other. And there's some grumblings when they're at the bar at night. And then one day they sit down and they really start talking about it. And then they talk about what they're going to do about it. And then one day someone's yeah. like, let's do it. And it becomes this big thing, you know. But it's really it's just people going like, okay, we're all going to do this. We're all going to show up and take that step, you know. And so is this what you want, the thing that's the fourth declaration of the Lacandon jungle? Is it about the Zapatistas? It's, I think it's written, I think this is a, a statement made by the Zapatistas. What page is it on? 45. <laughs> okay. Do I sound bitchy and demanding? <laughs> it's fine. You're allowed. Okay. Ooh. Fun fact, the Zapatistas were the first revolution to make serious use of the internet. So Really? Yeah. Yes, I read that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which I, I know. think is incredible. Like, of course yeah. they did. They yeah. Of, of course they did. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, talk about feeling so isolated and then... Um, I mean, I know people use the internet to also feel isolated and sort of confirm their isolationism, whatever. But you know, because it's it can online, we can become just as tribal as we are in the real world, yeah. and yeah. I think people do look to confirm their own point of view. And if they're like Adam and don't want to take a shower and just want to confirm that everything is hellish, they're going to find that online too. Sure, sure. Hold on a second. I found a quote. Oh, this is is written by the, this piece that I have is written, I'm pretty sure, from this guy, the Marcos guy, the subcommandante. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that perpetuates itself, that one, page 43, top. No, 45. Oh, okay, yeah, do it. Um, Please. No! <laughs> so this is in the words, I believe, this is the word, she's quoting the words of Subcomandante Marcos of the Zapatistas. A new lie is being sold to us as history. The lie of the defeat of hope. The lie of the defeat of dignity. The lie of the defeat of humanity. In place of humanity, they offer us the stock market index. In place of dignity, they offer us the globalization of misery. In place of hope, they offer us emptiness. In place of life, they offer us an international of terror. Against the international of terror that neoliberalism represents, we must raise an international of hope. Unity beyond borders, languages, colors, cultures, sexes, strategies, and thoughts of all those who prefer a living humanity. The international of hope. Not the bureaucracy of hope, not an image inverse to it and thus similar to what is annihilating us. Not power with a new sign or new clothes. A flower, yes, that flower of hope. Oof. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Like, you know they're doing shrooms down there. <laughs> the <laughs> shrooms. Best, the ayahuasca, shrooms. motherfucker. So, I'm going to tell us. They are. Hope, they're keeping Hell it yeah, they are you. connected, bro. About, about, about hope they are connected. Yeah, tell your story, Shelly. Yeah, so in College of Charleston in 1991, I was taking German Hey. And I don't know why I took German because I took Spanish in high school and I thought it was so easy. It came so easy. I was like, I got this. I'm just going to take something completely different. You could either <laughs> continue on with what you took in high school or you could start over. I'm going to take German and it was so hard and I worked so hard at it and I couldn't learn it. But on the way to class one day, it would have been November of 1991, I was riding my bike and... Um, was uh, standing up pedaling really fast because I was late. 
and one of my pedals just broke. <gasps> and so I was like, pedal, 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 and had like a massive wreck where like oh. scars, bleeding, oh. hurt hands, books all over. Oh, yeah. my God. But, but I no couldn't broken miss bones? this class. No, I couldn't miss this class. Oh, man. Because we were supposed to have a test. I'd stayed up too late studying, woke up late, was hurrying to class, whatever. Yeah. And I get in there, and our teacher's just crying with joy. And I'm so, like, ready to defend myself. Like, I'm sorry, Blade, I had a wreck. Yeah. Oh, my God, I don't even know if I could take this I'm test. I'm road freaking rash, out. Teach. So I come in, and she's just crying and dancing around because the Berlin Wall is coming oh. down. Oh. And her family's German, and it was like a miracle. Huh. You know, it was a, it was a miracle for yes. her family. Wow. Was, and she was just, you know, at the time... If you're like an American sophomore or hippie, you don't really give a shit about the Berlin Wall. You don't know why it's there. You never hear anybody talk about it. But she, yeah. for her, it was like a revolutionary miracle. And she couldn't believe it was happening. It's all she wanted. All she, she just wanted to celebrate. You know, she just wanted to like talk to her friends in Germany. And she was so happy. And then, um, so that was 1991. So shoot forward to 2009 or 10. I'm working at Zingerman's. Hey. Right. And, um, we were, I was learning how to teach vision at Zingerman's because at Zingerman's you take all these classes and you, um, you, and one of them was visioning and I learned how to teach visioning from this man named Stosh and Stosh, uh, was teaching a vision class or taking a vision class with all these business leaders years ago, um, years ago. One of them said, well, if you have a, def- a vision of something big, you need evidence, like, well, some man in his group when he was young, he was maybe 30 years older than me, maybe, maybe more, um, maybe 20. And he, um, his friend said, well, my vision of world peace, you know, because they're all like, well, everybody wants world peace. Like, what yeah. evidence are you going to have that there's world peace? Like, such a hard thing to define. He's like, the Berlin Wall will come down. So that's what wow. he wrote in his vision, right? And this Whoa. is back in, at, a, at a business meeting, like a Ford or a GM meeting back in like 83. What? Or something. Yeah. That's so great. So they all wrote, you know, that'll be the evidence that world peace is coming. Oh, my is God. Is the Berlin Wall coming down. And so in 1993, somebody gave that man a piece of it. Oh. A piece of the wall. Nice. Oh, my. Yeah. And that was the, the that was the story Stash used to talk about about the power of vision. Oh, about like enough people. How can you not be inspired? I know enough people believing that blank. You know enough people believing that right. there shouldn't be a wall. Yeah. You know enough people believing that North Korea, we're going to save women from trafficking or whatever yeah. it is. Like enough people believing that. You know, soon people will treat each other with respect in the streets of, yeah. of America, basically. Yeah. Enough people believing that creates the actions that are those little daily actions, you know? Shannon's so I'm dreamy inspired. over here. I'm just like, oh, the world's going to be a better place now. I just uh, <laughs> Yeah. And then the next generation will have a battle. Yeah. They will. We all have our battles. We all have our battles. So, okay. So, Shannon, I want to know some of the things that you picked oh. out. Well, speaking of battles, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite parts, where did I, oh, I have it in my hand, <laughs> was about the quincentennial 
uh-huh. uh, and this idea that um, uh-huh. so many people uh, that um, what was it? Spain proposed that 1992 be declared the year of encounter of oh, civilizations. I love that shit. Minute, tell I love them, that shit. Can you give okay. a little backstory about Quincentennial? Yeah. So the Put Quincentennial was the 500th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in America. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and so this idea was that they're like, we're going to make this big... I know, that <laughs> fucking motherfucker. Oh, we're talking about him. Look oh what God. I found. Jesus. Let me break it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you guys heard of the Hulk yet? Because I want to <laughs> smash. God. <laughs> Hey, how you doing out there, Chris? How's that trip going? Um, I found a place. I found Is a place. It India? Yeah. <laughs> and it looks really nice. Let's take it. Let's take it. Let's and you know what? Let's make it a little less nice and then a little bit less nice. You guys got some viruses I can pass? There's people here. What should I do? Kill I don't know. Them. Kill them. I don't know. Make them. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, make them get you water. Okay, I'm going to tie all that oh. together in a minute. So yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, and so it's talking about the quincentennial, and it's talking about this idea that after the Second World War, even um, one of the programs to dissolve Native American identity was to bring them into cities and make them assimilate. But it, it actually gave them more power because they found more people like them. They became centralized, and they became centralized. It was able to foster uh, alliances, and so. When 1992 was declared, the was going to be declared the year of encounter of civilizations. Uh, it was. It says here it was a. Ama- it was the most amazing thing. Every African government representative stood up and walked out. So I walked out. Yeah. Because this awesome. idea that nobody thought about the fact of all the lives that were broken or the beginning mm. of the broken lives that it says here they were not thinking about indige- indigenous people. <laughs> Sometimes I read words and they don't come out right. (laughs) They were not thinking about indigenous people, but this was the onset of slavery, and they sure knew that. And so... Absolutely. um, Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that they're like, oh, yeah, this encounter... Yeah, encounter. That's what we're gonna call it. But something that I really loved here was then this idea that. Well, it also talks about the fact that. Um, non-indigenous Americans often raise two contrary, not so true stories about that change. Uh, and this one is talking about Native Americans, about there was this idea that they were all wiped out because they were this frail, static people, and that wasn't true. Um, and I didn't underline the other one, but it's in here somewhere, and they weren't true. Uh, but uh, <laughs> thank you for laughing. Good job. Um, yeah, you know, job. I did some things. Yeah. Uh, but what nice. what I thought was beautiful was this idea that the quincentennial actually, uh, some people had known of it as the 500 years of resistance. And I was nice. like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they renamed it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so, uh, you know, that's this is a part that really resonated with me, and I'd love for us to talk about it if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we got it. Well, thank, thank you. Well, I was just thinking about Native Americans. <laughs> she has said that. Native Americans. <laughs> that's with a toothpick. Oh, my God. Being ridiculous Here's, right now, Shelley. I dropped my I'm toothpick ridiculous. on the floor, so yes. I don't have my toothpick Why, because anymore. of this? Yes. Oh, but then I also love... Let me love... tell you a secret, though, Claire. Yeah. Uh, Claire thinks I'm ridiculous because I've got this toothpick in my mouth. Yeah. But what's even more ridiculous is she doesn't like toothpicks because she pictures herself poking through her face with them. 
Wait, did I say that? <laughs> Last night. Oh, I mean, not like on purpose, but like accidentally, like someone bumping into and me. And it could happen. So you could fall flat on your face and nothing you... would go like up through your yeah, top of your no. mouth and your nose. Do you we worry about like, the same thing your, when you hold scissors? Your soft palate. <laughs> Yes. Put scissors in my mouth. <laughs> First and foremost, don't put scissors in my mouth. Spoon. Do you think to yourself with a spoon, I could no, shove this I down don't. my throat and die? No, we were what no. we were talking about. That my eyeball. Would be, what we talked usually about last I'm night was s- all the ridiculous. Remember, we were walking home, going, "I'm afraid I'm going to get hit by a truck." Oh, yeah. Remember, I'm afraid. I'm yeah. afraid I'm going to face oh, plant. We were basically talking about our real life final fantasy, <laughs> yes. final destination fantasy. Yeah, not really fantasy. I don't think. Well, fantasy. nightmares. Fantasy. It's an imagination. <laughs> okay. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> machination. Sure. Okay. Wait. Here's the part about last night I was going to talk about. Oh. And about Native American culture. Um, that your great-grandma was... Yes. Megan says, I think you tend to be tan. And Chris knows this because she knows my whole family. Like, we get super dark skin. Remember how dark yeah. my family's skin was all the time? And I said, oh, well, I have Native Amer- I have a, you know, Cherokee great-grandmother. And um, three things happened. One is I started talking about, like, my current quasi-witchy nature, which causes me to be an activist, Mm -hmm. and how I feel like it ties back to the fact that there's this lineage of people that were here. They were here on this land, and I came from that line. Um, Not too far away, you know, not too far away, there was this line, there was this combining of this native person and this invader person. Right, yeah. this yeah. native lineage and this invader lineage combined. I'm a product of that. Yeah. They both had lineage. Because everybody's got to have sex. That's just the root. <laughs> everybody's got to have what? You know, sex. everybody's got to have sex yeah. at some point. Yeah. I swear. It's you just know? gonna happen. It's just gonna happen. Well, we were it's talking about happen. when when they met and we're like at the market. Like, <laughs> where did they meet? Where were they hanging like, out? How did they find each other? The, at the they saloon? go to a dance? <laughs> like, what happened? Yeah. Was she working for him? Did he buy her? Who knows? Well, yeah. something yeah. that I also just kind of wonder is if we if we each looked back at our history, how much hate or how much anger helped to make us who we are. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And isn't that... I mean, it's it's a horrible thing, but at the same point, it's also kind of a place to start from, that right. we don't have to be the product of what came before us, because we all know right. that in our history, there had to have been mm-hmm. some, some unhappiness from the people around us um, and just the way of life. Um, and it, it's just that idea that no matter where you came from, you can still be better than those parts. You can still um, be a supporter of people in conditions that aren't yours, that are yours. It doesn't matter because we're all people and we all serve to help each other. I agree with that. But I also, because I've been thinking about this with my family a lot too, um, that intergenerational trauma should not be like, you know forgotten in this context no. of like yeah even if even if you didn't really talk about it that much just the way that people were or whatever uh-huh. you know how people yeah um well there's a study in scientific american mind that talked about the fact that it takes um they they were showing um survivors of concentration camps uh in 
um, you know, overseas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I drank some bourbon before I came, <laughs> and it turns out it's affecting my recall. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, so if you're wondering why there are these words note. that I don't remember, it's because of bourbon. Right. Bourbon. Blame the bourbon. Huge fan. Okay, me too. Yeah. I'm in that oh, fan yeah. club. And I'm not an active member, but I'll show up. To the bourbon club? Sometimes. Yeah. Oh, God, I love good bourbon. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. do you like do you like it on the rocks? Do you like it straight up? I love it neat, too. I, like it I love neat. a neat bourbon. A nice, yeah. like a bullet. I love bro. I love bullet, but not bullet rye. I feel like that kind of is a mixer. Bullet rye is a mixer. Bullet regular bullet bourbon is just how it should be. Shannon has opinions all of a sudden. Talk about a revolution. Choo choo. Choo choo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. What were we talking about? Oh yeah. Not explain something. Quote something. Um, that is personal and historical. I think. Uh, and Chris, you might have heard me say this to you when you say, say something coachy, do something yeah. coachy. So there's something about changing, like if you're trying to change your income, if you're trying to change your weight, if you're trying to change your relationship, people don't change until the pain of cha uh, pain of staying the same is greater than the, yes. than the pain of change. Changing. So people will go, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. I don't feel like I'm... You know, just happy, just chilling, being whatever. And then suddenly it's like, fuck this. Yeah. You know, either you go, I can't wear my clothes. Today's the day. Or you go, <laughs> I'm tired of being poor. Today's the day. Or you're like, this yeah. relationship is stupid. Today's the day. And there's like a pain threshold. Yes. Personally and in a group. Yes. Like, in The Art of Asking, Amanda Palmer uh, talks about that, where she would talk to Anthony, who was kind of her mentor, and, and she'd say, why am I not leaving this man, even though I know that mm -hmm. this relationship is horrible? And his answer would be, it doesn't hurt enough yet. Yeah. And so it doesn't yeah. hurt enough, it doesn't hurt enough. Oh, yeah. uh, what I was going to say before was there, um, people uh, from concentration camps, they looked at the genetics of their uh relatives down the genetic line and they found that there were certain conditions that were more likely than average with people who were related to this horrible traumatic event in their lives mm -hmm. and so right, right. this idea that you know there if also if you're wondering why am i not able to change you know we also have to do have to look at the trauma of the generations past mm -hmm. because that mm -hmm. can still affect you down the line and i believe native americans used to say that it takes four generations to get over a trauma mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. the past. Yeah. Those were the words. Yes. Found them. Good. Were, and you were, it was eloquent. Boom. It was eloquent. A but I think the Native There's American population, like the they, they have been basically imprisoned in their own land. What was that, what was that word you just tr used? Tr treat Native Americans. This is helping me feel better. Impristons? She's helping me was out. Impristons. Impristons. Imprisoned, okay. imprisoned, and right. <laughs> um, like, like their own land. And, you know, they're still fighting. They're fighting all over the country. Um, yeah. Nuclear waste. I mean, she mentions it in the book. Nuclear waste sites, dirty water, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oil and gas. Um, Go Canada. I mean, these people yeah, have been I fighting it, man. for just to even have there. their treaties. Even yeah. things that, uh, contracts that we came up with and that they signed yes. like the native american population i just I, I they have so much patience and they patience and they have 500 years or however many hundreds of years it's been now 
to still quietly be fighting the fight. Yes, um, damn it's, it. it's kind of incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. It's, it's all it's pretty like, incredible. Wow. I mean, it was a revolution. Like, I just had this big, like, realization of how epic history is like i almost panicked it was like oh wait don't think about everything do not think about everything it's a wormhole don't you open not... up that part of your brain you know, all of a sudden i'm like well then all the people that came here and they were fleeing something and then there was you know all those stories and all those people who threw tea in the harbor and were like fuck taxation without representation like there was that whole thing you know and oh malcolm gladwell has stuff to say about that that right yeah yeah in which one oh um tipping point no uh in his uh podcast revisionist history he talks about the boston tea party and how yes uh actually it was pretty much like the equivalent of mobsters were the ones who threw the tea into the harbor because they were going to legalize um, or, or um, reduce the tariffs on certain amount of teas, and it would have been bad for the for the for American colonial robs, wow, mobsters. Wow! Wow! Yeah! Zero. Yeah! The stories we organized time <laughs> going down in history. The stories we tell, man. The stories we tell, man. Shit. Okay, Shannon. More yeah. notes. Lead us. Oh. Oh, I'm leading. Just, oh, hold on a second. I feel Let's so do this bad for you guys. Can we take? Can you play um, Tracy Chapman uh, Revolution? And t- well, first of all, tell me how long the song is, and we'll take a little break. Uh, two minutes forty seconds. Two minutes, perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait a minute. How long is the the Beatles Revolution? <laughs> uh, three minutes and twenty seconds. Three minutes and twenty Hi. seconds. You have time to pee, get some water, whatever. Oh, yeah. All the things. Let's do, let's do the Beatles. Let's do the Beatles. Yeah, All you well need is play, love. You might as well just play both. There's, it's like six minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. Do-do-do-do. Terrific. Great suggestion. Don't you know we're talking about a revolution sounds don't you know we're talking about a revolution? It sounds like a whisper. While they're standing in the welfare lines, crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around waiting for a promotion. Don't you know we're talking about a Gonna rise up and get there, yeah. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there.
we're back. Chris on the phone. Woo-hoo. Are you there? Hi. Hello. Chris on Hello. the phone. Oh, she You is. made it. Ling-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> some good dancing. Yeah, I could here. just hear these, like, muffled, weird, like, faraway wormhole type. <laughs> oh, oh, really? We were dancing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm glad it made an impression. You know what's interesting is when we were talking last night about um, Native Americans, we also were reading, like we did a, was it a tarot card? We pulled, yes. we pulled a tarot card. I just thought of that word, one of my words, when I was on my way here, what was too. It? Synchronicity. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. In relation to this book, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting, too, because mm-hmm. I was thinking about... Um, the the witchiness in Native American and how yeah. that is one of the things that causes my activism. That sort of like yeah. I believe in this different kind of reality yeah. that should be happening. And I'm, I'm a- I also mean in the sense that um, like as we, as we I was sort of saying in the beginning, like there's something uncanny about this still being so relevant now. Oh yeah. And being yeah. So specifically relevant to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that synchronicity and finding it again now and yeah. reading it now. And like, mm-hmm. and in any moment you read it probably from, oh, yeah. for, for a while. That's yeah, so true. I bet so. Well, so, yeah, hey. because at, at any point in history, she so perfectly points out at any point in history, there's, there's at least one person who's like, yeah, this is not cool. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, and I think I think her the reissuing of it around Trump, I mean, it's so great because yeah, now we all look back at Bush and go, Jesus, you know. But the thing we cannot forget is that the one of the reasons and probably the big reason so many people were outraged by Bush is because they knew that Bush and and a lot of the policies at least, maybe not him as a person, mm-hmm. but a lot of the policies are on the slippery slope to tyranny. Yeah, well, I know <laughs> when you have a, when you have a president like Bush, you know, yeah, maybe democracy still won out, um, and we elected Barack Obama, um, but here we have the next Republican, and it doesn't take very long for them to be further down the line yeah. than, than Bush was. Yeah. Well, you know? somewhere in where it was talking about Bush, it also talked about the fact that he was the first pre- president to have a blatant disregard for uh, for right. whatever was going on in office to pursue his own agenda. And, you know, and I feel like Trump has Conflicts done that even more. Yeah, yeah, didn't care. Was like, ah, this is what I'm going to do. This hey, is what I got. Chris, hey, Chris, Shannon has um, an order of operations for us that's brilliant. <laughs> So she's got four okay. topics. She's In six ready. minutes, I, I yeah. planned our second she half. She did. It was brilliant. She was she's so organized over here. It's bananas. So oh. so take it away. Oh, okay. So um, our and we don't have to stay to these, but this I is just it. in case we get like right panicky. <laughs> uh, speaking of panicky, oh, so uh, something that uh, is spoken about in this book a bit, which I thought was really interesting, or we thought was really interesting, is this idea of the myth of panic. You know, um, this book talks about 9-11, which makes a lot yeah. of sense considering when it came out. Uh, and one was the entire chapter, by the way. What's that? Uh, 9-11. You I cried through it? cried oh. it Oh, my time. gosh. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. Go ahead. Oh, I yeah. oh but this that idea too. that, um, you know, um, when, when uh, she says that there are two things we have to remember. We can only 
Only we can terrorize ourselves, and let's remember what actually happened. Uh, and this is in her chapter called Looking Backward, the Extraordinary Achievements of Ordinary People, 2009. Uh, but this idea that more people would have died on September 11th if New Yorkers had not remained calm, had not helped each other out of the endang- endangered buildings and the devastated area, and had not reached out to pool other people from the collapsing buildings in the dust of cloud. And the chapter is all through with these ideas of, you know, people from different backgrounds, different origins, uh, helping each other and saying, let's do this together. Athletes uh, slowing down to, to, to give people a similar pace, people walking a blind woman home (laughs) and out of the rubble. Um, but yeah, so this idea that we don't remember those stories, what we remember from 9-11 is this, you know, war well, on terror. That, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of like, to ba- a little bit bastardize her argument. She's just saying, yeah, the Bush administration took that energy and then like kind of, you know, manipulated it into this, um, you know, homeland security mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, you know, like, the you know the a, a a reinvigorated Islamophobia really. Well, mm. she says in right. uh, chapter nine that the first impulse everywhere on September 11th was to give blood. Mm-hmm. You know, like what can I do to help? I can give blood. Like mm-hmm. that's, but also I find that a little bit hopeful. You know, like this oh, idea yeah. that uh, when push comes to shove. Most people, their first instinct in a tragedy is to help or or do good. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really expect that. You know, like movies have taught us the Bush administration, Trump, uh, everyone (laughs) like these. There are these different Mm -hmm. pockets of of time in the world that have taught us that people will hate before they love. Oh, wow. And I think something that was so beautiful about this book was to say, no, no. Uh, that's actually a lie. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. will love first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that Keith and I, this was definitely something that it was pretty common knowledge or, or at least among certain, you know, in sort of intellectual circles. And when I was living in Cairo that, um, you know, the dictatorships, whether, you know, it was Sisi at the end of the time that I lived there, or Mubarak when I was there before, or sort of the people in between, that, like, one of the ways that tyranny gets a hold of the imagination is to constantly tell you that everything would fall into chaos without the government, without the police. So there's this idea that um, you can't, like you'll all fail without me. You like you can't mm-hmm. survive without me. And They're so, all gonna laugh at you. Yeah. So there's this fear <laughs> that's instilled in the population, um, and this is exact. This is this is basically an iteration of that. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of yes. Yeah. The myth that you know that chaos will ensue and that you know it'll be right. destruction right. and fires and so let me yeah. so let me ask you this but this i also is, I think, think it's critical... in part because people are so tribal in this country we yeah. still ha- we have we have forcefully segregated people and mm-hmm. and um i mean people i i it's kind of the the bummer is that we we live such separate in such in, in many cases anyway 
in such separate communities and we self-separate and I, and all of that's great and fine. It's just that I think what happens is we, without that crisis to pull us together, to show, to constantly be revealing our humanity, humanity, instead we kind of sit back in our, um, in the bars of which we probably call our own terror of like, what other communities are doing or what's happening in our community that's out of our control that we can blame on other people or um, there's just a lot of separation and without a crisis and when the crisis only involves people who are more vulnerable like um, the people in Flint or the people in New Orleans during Katrina people who are more vulnerable when bad things there's a crisis for them the whole country doesn't necessarily react and um, and pull together. So I do think people, we are good in a crisis. I think, and I love that the, the panic myth, I, that's totally true. But um, I do think that one of the reasons people find that hard to believe and, and the reason we do have such a strong, compelling coming together when it does happen is because we spend so much of the time thinking that we're really separated by these other issues. Yeah. You know, and, there's a quote in this book that helps you, you know? That. Yeah, lay it on me. Oh, Okay, well, it's actually just a paragraph, but there's a quote in the paragraph, but I'm reading the whole thing because I can. (laughs) I have a microphone. (laughs) Adam Adam Mayblum, who walked down from the 87th floor of the North Tower with some of his coworkers, wrote on the Internet immediately afterwards, they failed in terrorizing us. We were calm. If you want to kill us, leave us alone because we will do it by ourselves. If you want to make us stronger attack and we unite this is the ultimate failure of terrorism against the united states wow and yeah, then afterwards it says we failed too. however when we let our own government and media do what the small band from the other side of the earth could not oh shit well i was just thinking like what is i feel like there's this very thin line that i walk about like involvement in you know going to start campaigning or going to whatever like there's this thin line that I walk that's trying to hold the two opposing ideas of like I want to be that person who's not tuned in to oppression and negativity and judgment and stuff like that I don't want to be that person I want my life to be about things that I control letting into my mind you know so there's that thought that's how I want to be and then there's the reality is it like, am I trying to be ignorance is bliss? Like, yeah. I'm obviously re- reacting to it. I have human emotions. I'm reacting to it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that thin line with where I start getting involved? And that yeah. means I'm like entering into a little bit more darkness, a little yeah. bit, I'm turning into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. How do I keep? So I think it's chat. What's a challenge anytime you try to step into a role of quote activism, I guess, is how do you keep? Hope in the dark. Yes. <laughs> the whole point. I mean, um, yeah. Yes. Of this or I'll call like, it like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't want to offend anybody. But right. that idea of being an activist means that you have to lean into that a little yeah, bit. Someone's day in, feelings day are going to get out, hurt. Like, get up and do it again tomorrow attitude. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, and really also, 
for me, the dark is like where my mind goes when I really start digging. Like when oh, you yeah. start following the money. Oh, or God. when you start, you meet someone who has a lot of power and you realize that they just don't seem like that good of a person. Yeah. Like, oh, no. I don't know. How <laughs> Do much, all of you think like that? Yeah, I don't know Do how much more people, of this I want to go. Yeah, I don't know how deep into this I want to get. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm starting to feel like not great about it. You know, can yeah. I maintain myself yeah. in this fight? When Yes. When, um, my friend Mark um, has this dispensary, you know, and when he first moved to Ann Arbor and he would, we would hang out, he was like, you should run for something. Hmm. He's like, you know everybody. I'm like, ah, it's just because I worked here and I worked there and I went to church here and I went to work there and I lived there and I worked there, you know, and I just know people. He's like, yeah, <laughs> that's the point. That's how people get elected for shit. Like, yeah. they know everybody from every different little corner of the community. Yeah. And I was... About two years after he was into the business, he's like, never do it. Like, I would never want to do it. Mm. Like, it's hard to even participate on the sidelines because you start to see, like, just this is how change happens. Oh, my gosh. It's like you think of it as this big revolution, then suddenly you're in a city council meeting and somebody's going, can we strike paragraph 42? Can we change That's what it was like being a teacher. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like being a teacher, man. You go to work, you're there all day, and, like, every single day you have to try to maintain yourself while you are surrounded in this slow moving largely ineffectual machine yes oh god jeez how do you keep your moral compass through things like this Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. when someone that one michelle you know she's working (laughs) i don't know school yeah 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 that'll get you going that'll do it once Uh, a week i'd say what is it called Dangerous Minds. Danger of Shannon. Yeah. 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 I was you, you asked for movie knowledge. Sure I got you the jungle, something Mr. racist. Hallen's. Oh, Dangerous Minds. Okay. Re- Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's Opus. Yeah. Oh, so and then, good. Um, so good. Yeah. Oh, there's Remember. another one I'm thinking of. But... Remember. Yeah. Did we choose you again? I'm sorry. Shannon, what are we doing? What are we talking oh. about? Myth of Panic. What's next? Oh, no. You know, we can keep with that. I don't think it was a choo-choo oh, moment. Really? I have yeah. a hard time gauging. Any, any we're time. generally okay. Yeah, okay. anytime we talk we about movies, <laughs> I'm real excited. We slow and down books, your station. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we're just slowing. Well, do, so, the, do, so, do, the, so if we are going to continue on with the Myth of Panic thing, there okay. is kind of a next part of that with that really struck me and... Um, reminded me of something that i remember just finding super fascinating um ah yes i remember it well (laughs) what is it (laughs) i'm trying to think so um after the egyptian revolution Uh um basically like i can't remember at what point it was but the police and the army i think the, the police like pulled out and there were all of these neighborhood um, coalitions, maybe mm-hmm. you would say, like neighborhood watch organizations started throughout the neighborhoods all over Cairo. So, mm-hmm. and there's like a I forget what the, I forget what it's Can called. Can you put in. this in a year for me? This would have been in 2011. Okay. All right. Um, there's something is shab like of the people, uh, you know, um, and. So this that that being an example kind of of what can happen after there I mean in this case actual revolution and not a disaster like 
9-11 was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know so i i really related to I, I i wish i could remember the passage but um there's somebody who was um in manhattan during 9-11 i think and they're talking about how it was like you know disaster and awful but also it was just like Oh, the saying that like, but for weeks and weeks, people still went and talked and like met up. Yeah. And we're having conversations Mm -hmm. about what's going on. That is what, that is what Egypt and particularly Cairo felt like after the revolution. It Mm -hmm. felt like that. And I missed it there. And that's like why I went back to grad school there. But like that is entirely like the description of that is so accurate to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. The few things that she said and then the quotes that she pulled, it was just like, like people were so much nicer it was just to very each other. Af- yeah, mm-hmm. we, it was very affirming yeah. to to read it and and to go back to the word of synchronicity to be always be reminded of like, you know, mm-hmm. the writing that I want to do for myself yeah. that um I think is thematically definitely similar and stylistically, I mean, yeah, if I could write, like, Rebecca Solnit, I would feel pretty good about <laughs> myself. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh definitely something to aspire to as mm-hmm. someone who has a master's degree in sociology. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 You guys, I'm, yeah, uh, I changed topic number two because I said we had four topics. My okay. second topic oh, yeah. was 9-11, but we talked about that with the myth of panic. Okay. So, instead, I'd like to give a shout-out to Canada. Okay, Canada. <laughs> Uh, because uh, Canada in this book, we learned Hold some on. great oh, things about that. Quick, quick train, okay, okay, quick, quick train based on based on song. Yeah. When when my friend Chris on the phone here, we're in high school. <laughs> we decided it would be a good idea to drop acid at Disney World on oh a concert God. choir tour. And we were in, oh. we were, I think we were seniors. It was Shelly's idea. High yeah, school. Yeah, it was my idea. Shell. We so we were in the choir. She scored the acid too. I got well, it. What's on you? you? And so. We, we were having one of those days where you're in, uh, you're in the um, Epcot. Epcot and uh, we're just starting to kick in a little bit. And you go into this kind of circular, like surround video thing to yeah. see the history of Canada. <laughs> and that song came on and we just couldn't stop laughing. Do you remember? I don't remember that. It was just That's like awesome. all of a sudden everybody's being really... Like reverent, you know, because it's like Canada's national anthem, and we're just like, this song is so Dripping funny. As, uh, <laughs> so we're just like, ah, you know, like, yeah. and we're, oh my god, you know, just that's hilarious. Sally. I don't remember that at all. Seventeen-year-olds just we can't parks. stop laughing about Oh Canada. Like the song seemed like such an absurd march of like, yes, horses Very running by and. Horses surrounding us, and everybody's being so like, "Wow, we're fascinated." We couldn't take it. <laughs> I don't even Very know if we finished serious. this song. Oh, crowd we're here, like, we got to get out of here, <laughs> dude. This Canada song is yeah. too. GTFO. <laughs> okay, so Canada. Oh, Carry okay. On. So uh, Canada gave one fifth of their entire like landmass to the Native American population, which I thought was like Inuit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then also something that I remembered was like when Hurricane Katrina was a thing, um, I remember seeing the news that and having the U- people being like, where's the U.S. government? Where Where's our troops? Like, mm-hmm. who's going to help these guys out? And I remember and Sean Penn. Canada coming first. <laughs> like Canada got to Katrina before really? our own, either right before or at the same time as our own forces. 
like uh, the National wow. Guard, I think. And, and I think, like, for one, fuck yeah, Canada. Thanks for thanks for helping us out. I know. But you two, guys are lucky. You're so close to Canada. Uh, we, are, yes. we could go there tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> you could. We Dear could go there, but you could meet us at Ready the casino. You tie white rags around a tree and leave me a trail. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the best plan. Also, fun thing about or the text really you. Oh, yeah. No one else will see the them. There. Mal- Malcolm Gladwell, who I'm a huge fangirl of, like mm-hmm. Malcolm Gladwell, Neil Gaiman, and Mana Palmer. Those are those are my uh, sure <laughs> three guiding stars. Um, but Malcolm Gladwell was talking about growing up in Canada and mm-hmm. how there would be all these advertisements from the Canadian government talking about how good like Sweden was or Scandinavia, and so he grew up thinking he wasn't a good enough Scandinavian, even though he came from. <laughs> <Lowe's>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you imagine that being like what you're being marketed? It's yeah, like, you should wow. be a better person. That's pretty. Exciting. I know. Isn't that incredible? That's really. Sweet. Can you imagine if? Oh, you guys, you guys, Canada. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I want to get like, uh, I don't know, a Patreon page or a Kickstarter and mm-hmm. be like, uh, let's do this just for advertising for people to be better people. Yeah, and advertising yes. is just like. That's the revolution. Stop sucking. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. It's uh, just let's use a, maybe some positive Finger pointing at somebody instead. on no, the street. No. Hey, you. It's just people doing positive things. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Like, up with people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just that up idea of like, hey, you know, have you said hi to someone today? Maybe you should. Or sure, sure. I guess it's time to give a hug with consent. <laughs> <laughs> revolution <laughs> by way yeah. of hugging. Yeah, that's, that's Shannon's hashtag. Is oh hug, my god, hugger yeah. chick, hugger chick. Yeah, hugger chick. find me on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> At me, she wants. To, she wants to hug you. I okay. do. Oh. So Canada, Canada. So that was yeah. my little Canada shout out. If you guys want to say yeah. anything else about it before we move on to the I next remember one. that happening yeah. and being like, "What? I know. Yo, that's insane!" From the government, you got all that from the government. Wow. Yeah. I, well, here's what I, I remember from that era is my family's in South Carolina. And oh, God, so yeah. when Katrina happened. Um, what are they called? The Creole Navy? The, they all were. The boats came there over were from, people from South. From they were like, like bro- some of my buddy's brothers. Image. Yeah. Some of my buddy's brothers were like, I own a trucking company. I'm going to get a shitload of bottled water and I'm going <gasps> to drive down. Yeah. Oh. Like they just did yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. They just started. People just started doing things, you know, like, yeah, that's what resources do we have? How can we help? Yeah. Let's go down. Let's send, let's send a crew. And then, and then there were people down there going like, don't come. There's nowhere for you to be. And I remember last year when Maria, was that maybe 2017, probably when Maria and Irma hit, um, hit the St. Thomas and Puerto Rico. Rico. Yeah. I was like. Big and one, right? one yeah. of my one of my friends was saying we can't don't come down here right now and try to be an activist you know yeah. like there's nowhere for us to, we can't unless you have a crane that you can get here or a bulldozer right. that you can like show up with like yeah. don't just come down here wanting to help like there's nowhere for you to yeah. stay there's no electricity it's fucking crazy yeah. you know unless you can helicopter in with pallets of water yeah but but people wanted to that's yes. my point it's yeah. like the the focal point i think of activism is a uniting force like you can pay attention you don't have to pay attention until it maybe walks up into your back door some people just have a heart for it you yeah. know um and maybe it's because this is funny uh you have to have some space in your life 
for activism. Yes. Like, I'm really, really impressed with those people who, like, they have five kids, they run a company, and they're an activist. Yeah. You know? But there has to be, like... You have to have your basic needs met, mm-hmm. like on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yes. Like you're trying to just barely take care of yourself and you're an activist. That's. Yeah, you can't. Amazing. That's, and often that's the amazing. Way it is. It's against the pyramid, you know? Yeah. It's often the way it is, too. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, because um, people aren't activists and you're not, unless you're desperate. In many cases, you have no choice but to be an activist, you know, to fight for yourself in that yeah. way. But. This is this noise is okay, Chris. Yeah, this yeah, is ASMR. This is a normal. <laughs> this is a normal Chris on the phone noise. It's ice cubes. Oh uh, damn cocktail. it! I was trying to be so quiet. She makes, yeah. she makes this cocktail no, with two ingredients: vodka and ice cubes. <laughs> That's her cocktail. It's called vodka. Um, okay. So what's our next topic? Wait, what were Any we talking about, about right Canada? before that? Canada? No, we were saying. <laughs> idea and i lost it in the I ice cubes sorry sorry man helping people priorities Katrina. people helping people uh, cajun navy i cajun. just love that maybe image. it'll come cajun back navy. all right yeah. doesn't matter um oh our next topic yes virginia wolf oh mm. tie it together really <laughs> yes yeah um, that's exciting virginia wolf said and this is in chapter 20 doubt uh, which oh, my page yeah, numbers nice. will not work for you because this was an ebook. Mm. It says seventy three percent, though. If that helps you, it does. <laughs> I found it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the future is dark, which is on the whole the best thing the future can be. I think that is was yeah. also in Euphoria, wasn't it? Wasn't that oh. quote in Euphoria? Was it? Mm. Wasn't it? Good callback. It was. I don't know. Hey. I've heard it before. Mm, spooky. Ooh, but just look it up. Synchronicity. Yeah, <laughs> damn. Um, so, meaning like we can't know the future. We just have to like walk. Yeah, the future is unknowable. And, and, you know, but it shouldn't be like, oh, that's scary. It should be right. like, oh, there's so much possibility there. Right, right. Oh, yeah. uh, this is, yeah. I don't know if you read this one. Uh, did you read uh, Subcommandante Marcos says history written by power taught us that we had lost? That wasn't what you said. <gasps> no. Yeah. Okay. That was a yeah. good. Okay. That was looking okay. for that, that one. one too, maybe. History written by power taught us that we had lost. We did not believe that power taught us. We skipped class when they taught conformity and idiocy. We failed modernity. Oh, I'm having trouble with words today. You got it. We are united by the imagination, by creativity, by tomorrow. In the past, we not only met defeat, but also found a desire for justice and the dream for being better. We left, but also found a uh, but we left skepticism hanging from the hook of big capital and discovered that we could believe that it was worth believing, that we should believe in ourselves. Health to you, and don't forget that flowers like hope are harvested, and they grow in the dark. I believe, adds Thoreau, in the forest and the meadow, and the night in which the corn grows. Oh, damn. Yes, I remember, I remember that so well. That. I yes. love that. That, like, there's something All growing in the dark when you're not yes. attention. Yeah. Yes. Oof. And I love that also where that's the idea of, like flowers. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Oh, really? my gosh. 
Oh, we've got three minutes. We, got, we went so fast. That went so fast. Oh, but like flowers, hope needs to be harvested. We yes, need to be yes. there to pluck it, to see it, to grow with it. Oh my gosh. Wow. That really flew. Whoa. By. It's so, it's so important. So yeah. Hope in the dark. Like my realization of this today that, that that last quote was perfect because that kind of lie of like what they're teaching us. And today yes. I was talking yeah. to a friend that sometimes I look at this friend and I'm like, Oh, good looking couple, make a lot of money, live in a great neighborhood have really nice sounding jobs, and suddenly it's like I have a conversation with them. Like, there's no way I would trade lives. Mm. It's too. It's not. That's not where my ideas that mm. I want to land on and be like, this is where my joy comes from. Yeah, it clashes sometimes with that idea, and it yeah. keeps me. It darkens my hope, you know. Mm. And sometimes something has to happen to go like, oh right, no, no, no. These are my anchors. These are the things. Yes, you know? I do want these things. Oh my gosh! So we. Flew through that. Hope in the dark. Thank you, Shannon, for your wonderful notes. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. I'm so glad the technology worked for you today. I'm so happy about that. Thank you, Claire. Congratulations on your new job. Yay! Yay! And thank you, Chris, for coming. Uh, Todd, we hope you are getting better and drinking games. Rest up, buddy. And let's let's end with um, maybe with Tracy Chapman. Let's start with that. Can we end with that? And we'll wrap up. Bye, Chris. Bye. 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 Here it comes. I don't even know what episode we're on. <laughs> and the woman that usually edits them is in Japan, so I can't. Um, what? Oh, shh. Oh, my gosh. Don't you know, we're talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know, we're talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around Neighborhood Auto Clinic is your one-stop auto repair shop. Bill Griffin and all of his mechanics are ASE certified technicians that will provide you with everything from simple diagnostics to complete engine rebuilds, oil changes, batteries, tires, timing belts, suspension, transmissions, and so much more. We are qualified to service anything on your automobile. We will advise you of the best course of action. Go to our website at www.griffinsautoclinic.com or follow us on Facebook at Griffin Neighborhood Auto Clinic or call us at 248-888-9406. Check out the website for monthly specials and coupons. Also, ask about financing your repair to get you on the road faster. 248-888-9406. Stop by Griffin's today and become part of our automotive repair family.